So I've been meaning to do this for quite some time. It's just that I haven't really figured out like the timing and the order of how everything happened. I actually had to go back through my text messages and a few pictures on my Instagram and my Facebook to try to remember the order in which the whole entire story happened. For everyone else, welcome to Integrate Podcast. I'm your host, K Skyline. And uh, today's episode will just be a solo episode with just me in it. And it's actually going to be a story about this girl that I've met during the worst time in our lives, which is COVID, the pandemic happened. And I'm going to tell you the story from the beginning to end of um, how we met all the way down to the ending of what happened at the very end. We have to give her a name, so let's name her Bella. It all first happened when I made this like Tinder account for my friend. We're just sitting there on the couch and I created a Tinder account. And you might have remembered that part of the story if you've been an active listener listening into all of our other stories. And I had access to his account. Now on his account, I was just scrolling through and swiping for him because I knew his preference. But then I saw her. So I noticed that she had her Instagram link on her Tinder profile. So I went ahead and actually added her. On there, you know, I did the slid into her DMs and whatnot, you know. Like, hey girl, how you doing? No, I didn't really say that. I just actually just replied to one of her story and it was about red wine. I just remember that. And our conversation started with red wine. And then I tried to like basically ask her out and whatnot. And that's when she straight up turned me down. And that was the end of the story. (laughs) Just kidding. She actually um, told me that that she wasn't looking for anything. And I told her I was a bit confused because I asked her like, oh, so on your Tinder profile, what exactly were you looking for? Uh, Were you just looking for just serious relationship, casual or just friendship? Or like, what exactly were you looking for? So she was a bit confused and taken back by the Tinder profile. And she said, what Tinder profile, basically? And she never made a Tinder profile. So I showed her the Tinder profile because I took a screenshot of it because I needed to save her screen name in order to add it in because I didn't want to actually like switch through apps and whatnot. And she told me that like, oh, that's not me. And then I was like, oh, shit. Because, you know, someone was basically using her pictures and even added her screen name on Instagram on the Tinder profile to catfish all these people. And, uh, you know, it fucking worked because it it made me one to her. So, so, you know, a little tip for the catfish people out there. Number one, catfishing is fucking bad. Number two is don't fucking catfish the person and then add their fucking profile on it because you're most likely going to get caught that you're going to be catfishing because that shit worked on me. <laughs> but, you know, it was cool. So we actually kind of like communicated some more. And that's when she actually told me that um, she was actually going through a breakup and she was trying to get over it. Now, as time goes on, 
maybe like a few weeks here and there. We we casually conversated and whatnot here and there together. And that's when she told me the story of like how she met this guy. They dated for about three months and that he broke up with her recently because of the fact that he's moving to California. Now, we lived in Boston at the time. So that's from one coast to another. He was going to move in February. Oh, I I'm, I'm completely forgot that me and her met each other somewhere in October or I believe November or October. I could be wrong. Well, at least that's when we started conversating. And at the time, uh, while me and her was talking, he was still around and that he wouldn't actually move until, I believe, February. But they had already broken up. Now, in this time, COVID was around. However, it was only currently not in the United States at the moment. But they knew that it was going around and traveling the world, just not so much booming in the United States yet. And most people knew about it, but didn't really took much of like a consideration or thought of it. Back to her ex-boyfriend. I, you know, I did the thing where because I didn't really develop any feelings for her at the time or anything, really. I mean, she's just, she was just a pretty face. I give her that. But it was just a few pictures, but I barely even remembered it by the time we were conversating. So, with no feelings at all, I basically try to help her out and just help her kind of like maybe win her ex back and like maybe try to help out her relationship with her ex. So, I suggested things of like such as like, you know, like try, try out long distance. There's people make it work, you know, it's like, or maybe, you know, maybe go with them since, you know, you're almost done with school as well. It's like just transfer school and go to school over there with them or like, you know, things such as that. But maybe the transferring school, now that I think about it, might be a bit extreme. And I'm not sure really if I even said that to her. But I did I did recommend the long distance part. That part I do remember. And regardless of all the tips and all the advices I gave to her, she uh, did brought it up with him. But he was, uh, was, he was so cold and so like sure of his decision he was and he was always really cold with her after the breakup and always so sure of the decision so i remember that like he actually didn't even talk to her that much kind of left it there to cope with um the breakup and all that and it's it's difficult for her i which i can understand when when someone when you break up with someone and there's no like bad ending or it didn't even end it bad and it was just kind of a mutual breakup but you guys still kind of like had love for one another or anything like that it's really difficult to move on from that because there's no push as supposed to like let's say cheating for an example you you have like that anger to kind of help you push or maybe you might have a rebound or something like that it's how people move on so easily but usually there's like some sort of push to help you kind of move away from it. But with her and him, Bella and her ex-boyfriend, there was no um, push. Everything was just like suddenly just dropped. So I can understand and emphasize why she actually was going through such a tough time. And granted, though, it's only been three months, as people might think. Time doesn't really play a factor when you just feel it within your heart. And the amount that you can build, uh, 
from love. You can fall in love with someone within a month and it felt like you've known them your whole life. So don't let that three-month decision so much so dictate your judgment. But regardless of your judgment at all, it really plays no factor because this story has already been written. I remember she was texting him to check on his condition um, because she was worried because COVID was starting to amplify and and become worse. One thing led to another. Bella's ex-boyfriend wanted to meet each other. So she asked me, what should she do? And I said, yeah, sure, go for it. I mean, he's still here. Like, who knows? Like, maybe this is like the conversation, that closure is what you needed. So he randomly hit her up and they went out to go meet each other. I just like cheered her on and hoped that, you know, hey, I hope, you know, just, just if anything, just try to enjoy the night, you know? That's what I was hoping. Now, she did communicate it with me the day after, I believe, or maybe it was the weekend after. I don't remember when, but when she told me what happened, I remember him being paranoid because of the fact that she was roommating with some other guy in the house, but there was other people in the house, but his main focus was just a guy. And I remember that, like, he almost acted as if everything was, like, normal and they were, like, still together, even though that, like, they had already been broken up. I remember her telling me that, like, everything just felt so normal. But he was still sure of his decision. I remember him leaving. And then I also remember her birthday as well which was now in February, which is the same time as he was leaving. Now, she went out, had a birthday party with her friends, and I remember texting her a happy birthday. Now, remember that part of the story because that's going to come up later. And then it came to my birthday, and she messaged me happy birthday, and I replied back, thank you. And somehow it led to, now that he was gone, it led to us having regular conversations here and there. And I was helping her try to get over the hump of like this boy, even though like he's gone now and everything is over. I was just kind of just there listening to her. And it was just basically dealing with the damaged girl that wasn't over her ex. But it didn't really bother me. And... Because of the fact that, like, I was I was everyone's go-to. Now, I've, I've helped out so many people who sounded like a broken record. Uh, you know, if he ever listens to this, he knew exactly who he is because I just used his line. <laughs> but yes, like a broken record. <laughs> I've dealt with worse and people running around in circles and whatnot. So, with no feelings still at the moment between me and her, I just communicated with her here and there. Um, and text each other here and there. And even though she kept repeating herself and talking about things, she just like, you know, was healing, really. And that's what I was trying to teach her, that no matter what, she was healing. Now, let's get down to when we actually first met each other. So, as I said earlier, she actually had a birthday, which was roughly around the same time of when I actually asked her to meet each other up for each other's birthday. Now, our birthdays was kind of close. Hers was February 19, and mine was March 26. Little did we know, when we planned it after a Saturday after the February 19th, um, she actually had 
a birthday dinner organized by her friends, so she couldn't attend to mine's. Uh, or our uh, hangout date, I guess she can kind of say. Well, I call it a date. She calls it just hanging out. So, you know, typical, as always. Both people taking it the wrong way. Uh, or in two different ways. <laughs> but So, that Saturday came, and she actually texted me ahead of time to reschedule it. Which I thought was kind of interesting because of the fact that most of the time people usually cancel and not actually reschedule for me so i thought that was pretty sweet of her so she rescheduled it and we moved it to a different day i believe it was like the first week of march and on the first week of march um that saturday i remember that day kind of clearly it started off with me and my friend ang uh which is more like my brother so me and my brother, we had things to do in the afternoon and whatnot. And we went out and we did our daily tasks, like shopping and, and just doing stuff around the house and stuff with our cars and whatnot. And I was exhausted throughout the night. When I, well, I was exhausted when it came by the night. So she texted me asking me if I was picking her up or she was going to meet me there. I remember looking at Ang that day. And I said to my brother that, damn, I'm so tired. I don't even think like, I don't even have the energy for this, but I can't say no because she already rescheduled. Aang said, well, yeah, I kind of have to go at that point. I remember asking Aang that I didn't want to take my white little Honda Civic that I had because of the fact that the previous owner used to smoke in that car and I didn't want the car to smell like cigarettes. Or, well, it smelled like cigarettes, and that's the reason why I didn't want to take it. So I asked Ayn to borrow his Q50 at the time, because his Q50 was a lot more cleaner and more less scent of cigarettes because he doesn't smoke. So I used that car to pick her up. And I remember picking her up, driving towards Yoki, which was this Japanese restaurant that um, a bunch of my friends work at. Now, here's why I made the mistake, and you're about to realize why. First of all, I couldn't really make out how she looked like because it was kind of dark out. It wasn't until we got to Yoki and I parked the car. And as we walked towards the door, just for some content, the door to open to that restaurant is really fucking heavy. So as I was stretching my hand to grab the door, I turned around, trying to be a gentleman to open the door for her. And when I turned around to look at her, as the light, the street lights from the street alone and the restaurant beaming light outside of it. And I stared at her with the light finally showing on her face. I was like, damn, what the fuck? And like, this girl is cute. <laughs> and my dumbass couldn't pull the door open <laughs> because I forgot that that door required some strength. So I turned back to look at the door and I pulled with all my might to actually get the damn door open but it made it look effortlessly you know like it, it made it look like i didn't struggle and whatnot you know gotta show that i'm strong and shit you know so uh <laughs> so we went inside we got seated now you're about to hear where the mistake happens so my friends who's the server the host the bartender and the bar manager <laughs> they all took turns coming to the table to just have a chat with me that's when they kind of didn't realize that I was there kind of on a date or more the fact that hanging out with a girl. 
I wanted to spend some time and actually talk to her, but I noticed throughout even the car ride, she didn't spoke much. At the restaurant, she didn't spoke much. Matter of fact, at the restaurant, with all that talk about wine that I told you guys, she actually didn't drink that day. I even asked her if she wanted a drink. Meanwhile, I have all my friends trying to like pour alcohol down my throat because of the fact that I'm always there and they know that I drink extremely heavy. <laughs> so I wanted to spend more time with her, but away from that scenery because of the fact that like, you know, uh, my friends are constantly going to keep bothering me as long as I'm there. So I actually lied to her. Now this, I believe, is the first lie I ever told her, where I told her that I actually had to go pick up this dessert for my mother, which I actually didn't. I actually just wanted to go there with her um, just so I could spend more time to talk with her. And so we drove there quietly, got there. And when I got to the counter, so the cashier that was there, she was actually a friend um, of mine, which is, well, more like my friend's little sister. And she said hi to me and whatnot. And we ordered. And as we were waiting for um, our dessert, which is uh, called Jia, but it's at Yocha. So she said to me that like, oh, like, th does everyone know you or something? And I was like, uh, no, it, it just so happened everywhere we're going. I know the people that's there. And then she goes, oh, I thought you were famous or something. <laughs> and I wasn't. So, <laughs> so we got it to go. I remember I ordered the Mango Madness, which is my favorite. And she ordered, I, I, I actually don't remember what the hell she ordered, to be honest with you. <laughs> and then... And we got it to go. We got into the car and then I drove her home and she took her dessert and went inside. I went home with like this driving home with this big smirk on my face because I was astonished at the fact that this girl somehow made me nervous. And that's not even the highlight of that whole entire story. You want to know the highlight of it all? It would have to be the fact that when she got home, she texted me. I texted her as well that I also got home safely. And that's when she told me that she was sick. That was why she didn't drink. And that was why she actually didn't talk much when we were actually out. And she was actually just recovering from being sick. The crazy thing about that is, was that at that very moment, COVID was hitting America. And it was before all hell broke loose from that pandemic. Now, if I knew she was sick... I would have never, ever, ever went out or at least waited for her to heal to see what it was. But all she really had was just a slight cold. But that was pretty brave of her to actually show up being sick and bringing her sickness out. And she could have infected me with it. So I would say that would be the highlight of the whole entire first time we met was the fact that it was in the beginning of COVID and this girl went out on a date oh sorry hanging out with me while she was sick that would be the highlight of it all so i can't put my finger down on when exactly was the moment i fell for her or started developing any feelings but what i can tell you is that it happened over the courses of all these dates that i'm going to tell you now i'm not going to tell you all the dates but i can't tell you the dates that were memorable some of the conversations we had and the things that happen. Now, the pandemic made it impossible for us to even go on an actual official date. And to be honest with you, it was situations such as like restaurants closing, 
everyone was losing their jobs. The vibe of how everyone was, it's kind of like really down. Like everyone was really like affected by it. It was a really bad time during COVID, especially when no one knew the true nature of how it behaved and everyone was just like so paranoid of catching it. And granted, it's still like that now. And we're in the year 2021. During this time, it was 2019. So if anyone remembered how it was then, then you can kind of feel out and understand how everyone's personality and emotion was affecting everyone. Hell, even divorce rate was going up higher and depression was like going up higher. It was a really bad time for everyone. But it was also bad for us because we couldn't really go out as much. But the thing is, is that me and her were really bad people. She was a really bad girl. So was I. And I'm a really bad boy. We went out any possible chance that we could. And we went out anywhere and anywhere possible. We also spoke and got to know each other. But even when we spoke, currently at that time, while we were doing all these like hangouts, I guess you can kind of say, and dates, she was still trying to get over him. I guess my true agenda, what I had with her, or the only agenda I had with her, despite my feelings, was basically I just wanted her to be happy because she just deserved it. She's just this amazing girl. And the more I found out about her, the more my feelings grew. I just wanted her to just smile. She had like this smile that can like bright up a whole entire room when you stare at her. That it's just so contagious, more contagious than COVID itself, that it can even make me smile when I just stare at her. But honestly, I struggle to smile when it comes to her because she had this little trick up her sleeve and this little evil plan that she always does to me. And that would be the red lipstick. When she wore this red lipstick, it always made me struggle to just keep any type of eye contact with her because I'm always constantly staring at her lips. And then I would catch myself and turn away as fast as possible because I didn't want to just be so drawn all the time staring at her lips because I didn't want to come off creepy. But her looks aside, it was her personality that won me over the most. Now, she's different. But she's different from different. She's weird. But, you know, being weird is a lot better than being normal. And there was so much more to her. For starters, we went out a lot because she always gets bored. Matter of fact, she was so bored during the pandemic. I remember this time when um, she got a job at a laundromat because just because she was bored. Now, the crazy part about that is is that her parents was worried crazy for her because her parents was back in Vietnam. So she hit the fact that she was working at the laundromat from her mother. But one thing led to another, and her mother found out, and then she actually had to quit that job because of the fact that her mom didn't want her to work because of the fact that COVID was going around and she didn't want her daughter being caught with COVID. So she had to quit that job. 
but she only did that job not because of the money. It was because she was bored. That's just the type of girl she was. But that work ethics, that that hardworking ethics, I like that about her. The number one thing that made me fall for her the most was how clever she was. I remember her telling me that was actually the best compliment I had ever given to her. You can say that someone was clever and you can compliment her about many things, but she doesn't quite take it to heart. It was how I emphasized about how clever she was because I felt as if she didn't quite see that she was when I felt as if she did. So one time I told her a story about why I believe that she was smart because I do remember saying to her is like, Bella, you're really smart. And she only said back to me, oh, thanks. And then I remember telling her, I was like, no, Bella, listen, you're when I say you're smart, I really meant it and I'm not saying it to flatter you. I'm, I'm just telling you that that's the truth. And the reason why is because you're doing online courses. When I was in college and I was doing online courses, it was extremely hard for me because I was not the type of person to kind of just learn things on my own. I usually need someone to teach me or show me or have someone talking to me for me to actually understand things better. And I also had to be pressured more too. And the hardest part about it is about grasping any type of information for me is that I cannot for the life of me learn anything or memorize anything if I had any interest in it. And because of all the classes I took, I had zero interest in it. It made it so hard for me to even get the material. And yeah, it was also summer and I slacked off a lot because of the material was just there and all I had to do was log on, look at it, read it and do all that stuff and all this leeway. Plus, I didn't have to drive to class or anything like that. Everything was just in my lap top. <laughs> I said to her, I barely passed any of those classes. Matter of fact, I cheated using things such as Quizlet and stuff like that during those times and just befriending some of the uh, classmates that was on there and then just hitting them up and just cheated to get my way out of it. Now, that part I didn't tell her, but I do remember telling her that I actually barely passed because I couldn't for the life of me take online courses or learn that way. I told Bella, you're over here like a fucking straight A student. I'm, I just don't see you ever struggling through class, but you are just so good at like absorbing information. What's crazy about it is, is that you have no interest in it at all, but you can still just manage by and get right by it. And you could just hone in and laser focus on it. And I can't do that for shit. So I really, really meant it that you're smart. And she looked at me well. She didn't really look at me, but she did say to me, and I can't remember if it was a text message or that she told me in person in one of our dates, but she told me that that was the sweetest thing I had ever said to her. Now, the reason why I told you to memorize the birthday dinner, Bella's birthday dinner that she went to her friends, that was why she canceled on me on the first time. During the dinner, they were supposed to go around the table and say something nice about her. Everyone around the table just went around and just talked about how pretty she was or how gorgeous she looked, how cute she looked, how caring she was. She was happy to hear all that. But to her, it was like, that's all people really look at her as like no one really understood her. She wished that someone would have said what I said to her 
even though I didn't say it just to flatter her. But I guess to her, it almost felt as if someone actually can see her aside from her looks. To me, I was kind of surprised that out of all the compliments I said to her, not all those red lipstick jokes that I keep pointing out, but nope, it was the time I said that she was smart. That was the compliment that won her the most or affected her the most. Now, to give you more of an idea of how smart she is. Now, I know she was frustrated at this time and she was really annoyed. And uh, <laughs> I really don't know whether I should bring this up, but I will say it anyways. She was so smart that she even helped out her classmate. And the reason why I didn't want to bring it up was her classmate was basically making her do all the work, including the tests, for her. She was that clever to even do someone else's workload for them. But that's how kind she is. I also remember speaking about school for her was I remember the first time she got upset. And I don't mean to laugh because it really did affect her a lot. And it was about a video. She was supposed to watch this video, which she did. The video had a questionnaire at the end that she wasn't aware of. She watched the full video and she thought I was it and she closed the video and finished the assignment of watching the video. The professor actually docked her for a bad grade because she didn't answer the questionnaires at the end. And she was so upset that there was even questions at the end of the video that she didn't even know. And I believe ever since then, she stayed at the end of every single thing to just make sure that there's no random questionnaires at the end of it. Now, she was upset during that whole entire time of getting the bad grade, but it's not like I was a complete asshole. I, I did nice things, of course. Like, I remember taking screenshots of this, like, coffee that she, um, maybe it was a tea. It was either a coffee or a tea. I don't fucking remember, but I remember, like taking a screenshot of it because she used to post it on her story. She never really has time to go out to go food shopping and get it herself. So I would do this like care package thing and bring it to her doorstep. So taking the screenshot of the instant coffee tea package thingy-mabob, I drove my ass all the way to H Mart in Burlington to go and find it and match it. The, the hardest part about that damn thing is, is that it wasn't written in English. I, I don't even know if it was Korean or Japanese or Chinese letters on it, to be honestly, like, honest with you guys. But I do remember driving to H Martin, just showing everyone the picture until they told me what it was. Then I grabbed like a few other things along with like Thai tea and all that stuff, which like the Thai tea I always like. And she actually said to me that like tea is for kids <laughs> or Thai tea is for kids, but I don't really care. It still tastes good as shit to me. So I would bring that to her house and drop it off for her so like a care package, you know, to like to help her study and whatnot. But yeah, I wasn't a complete asshole. I did. I did little gestures here and there. I honestly used basically every single trick up my sleeve to try to woo her over as much as possible or anything that I didn't know. Because to be quite honest with you guys, I am not a sweet person. I, I am. I lack a lot in being romantic, like. Seriously, like I, I, I'm just not that type of guy to like think of like uh love letters or like sweet romantic gestures, and it's why a lot of people kind of think that I'm cold or like this jerk type of personality and whatnot. So for me to kind of like 
step out of my comfort zone and be like a little bit discomforting to be in I guess you can kind of say a simp mode for her it was it was kind of tricky because I thought maybe that was the type of stuff she would probably be into or how to basically win her over so that that was just one of the things I, I mean I, I did other things too for her like so one time randomly I brought her um Hokkaido Sentoku ramen for her for her to eat just surprise her with it really and uh it was just small little gestures like that. Don't know if it ever really did anything at the time. Honestly, I would find any excuse really to like drive to her. And even if it's just to see her for a second or or get that little quick little hug in before I leave. And I would always tell her that I'm like by her area or like make up some sort of excuse that all, oh, you know, I'm, I'm trying to get one me for mom. And so I'm going to be like around your area. Hey, do you want anything from Bale or anything like that? Or like, you know, and, and try to make it seem like I just so happened to be there. So she wouldn't think it was a pain for me to like drive all the way from Lowell to buy her something and then drop it off for her. But I was so like into her that I would do things like that. And honestly, driving from Lowell to Boston area never really bothered me anyways, because of the fact that I used to live in Malden for about uh, eight years or so, maybe more. And I used to commute from Lowell to Malden and Boston to Malden. I'm sorry, Boston to Lowell um quite often that the drive honestly never really bothered me but when i think about it now that was kind of a crazy drive for me because elsa or my z she eats a lot of fucking gas and there's a lot of fucking traffic to get to her house but it never really quite bothered me because that's what it's like when you're crushing over someone. You just don't pay attention to shit like that. You, you just do whatever you can to make them happy. And I did whatever I possibly could to try to make her happy and make her life simple because she was stressing the hell out during the pandemic. And so was I. But she was like the light in all that darkness for me. So doing all that stuff for her actually made me happy too as well. I mean, she's also very caring as well. She would just go out with me anywhere possible. And she was always caring to her friend. Matter of fact, she's always like this very grumpy girl sometimes. but Or like a bit of like an attitude, I guess you can kind of say. But her best friend drives her crazy and she puts, she puts up with that too as well because she's so caring. Well, now, what I meant by put up is her friend would call her 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock in the fucking morning. And she is not a morning person. So am I. And call her just odd hours in the morning just to talk to her and give her like a full-blown story when she's just barely waking up and she can't even like, like respond back to some of her texts or even respond back to phone calls sometimes from even her parents. But her best friend would call in odd hours to tell her about a subject that she most likely don't want to hear because she's just waking up. But she would, she cares so much that she would do that. Even though she is grumpy as shit when she wakes up. That's just how loyal she is with her friend. But, you know, speaking of loyal, that is actually one of the reasons why I actually fell for her. Was because of the type of loyalty she can provide and the type of loyalty she is. Now, what I mean by that is like she've had only dated 
I believe, two boyfriends at the time or two exes that Bella used to tell me about them all the time. And honestly, it never really quite bothered me. But regardless of like these other boys that would like try to hit on her or go after her, she always remained loyal to her boyfriends. So loyal that even though this Korean guy is gone and they're no longer dating, she was still trying to get over him and she wouldn't even look at another man or or even think about getting to know or dating someone else until she was over it. And just out of the respect she had for him, she just wouldn't put another person involved. Matter of fact, speaking about like even going on dates with anyone else, <laughs> she would tell me stories about like how she would accidentally go on dates with someone else. It was more like the guy turned it into a date and she didn't know. So let me tell you about that real quick. So when she was in school with this guy, she asked this guy for help because she needed help studying about one of this material for this test. Now, the guy said that he had the material and that she can come over and like, you know, and study with it. So she went over to the guy's house and she unpacked her backpack and took her books out. But then the guy asked her if she was hungry. She said no. He's like, oh, well, that's weird because he was trying to cook for her. And then basically throughout the whole time while uh, she was trying to study, he was trying to make moves on her. And she w- that's when she realized that like, oh, my gosh, I just want to study. And, and this guy really turned this study thing into a study date. And she felt so awkward, so out of place that she just really just went over there and, and got his number only because like she thought like he would help her study. But no, he, he wanted more than that. I remember like her walking into dates and stuff like that. <laughs> like I, I, I know she must have felt awkward when that happened, but like Lord, you gotta admit that was funny as shit. She used to tell me stories about crazy guys like that all the time. Matter of fact, there was this one crazy guy who had a crush on her. So it it was so psychopathically crazy and so obsessed that like this dude dead ass tattooed her fucking name. She she didn't even date him. A matter of, she even told him that she doesn't even like him. But this dude was trying to show his undying love and tattoo her name on his body. I don't know where where exactly that he got tattooed, but I I was just I was just astonished. I was shocked. But now you know now I'm thinking about it. I'm over here and I still can't shake her out of my mind. But it doesn't mean I'm gonna fucking tattoo her name somewhere on me though. <laughs> but you know she was always like that. I remember her telling me that she had, like, about four or five guys that, like, chase after her. And when she told me about, like, each and every guy, I th- she used to name, like, guy number two, guy number three, four. And then I remember looking at her one time and I was like, yo, what fucking number am I? <laughs> like, and she was like, what? You don't have a number. And I was like, I'll be number six. Because, <laughs> you know, six is my favorite number. So... <laughs> It's not like any of those guys actually ever made me worried because I always used to joke with her that like, you know, no matter what, these guys, they would never be able to beat me anyways. And, you know, she was also confident, too, in herself because she always said the same thing back to me when I talk about maybe about some other girl or something like that. Um, She would always says, I'm not worried. I'm confident. I never really did spoke about any other girl around her because there was only just her. 
that I was getting to know. She was the person I was spending most of my time and energy to during the whole entire pandemic. I only ever had time for her. And, well, actually, I, I thought she only had time for me, but apparently the other guys did too. So I guess, I guess she, uh... Well, you know, I never really quite knew what she felt, but you're about to find that out. Because that wasn't the only time that we went out on dates and stuff like that. Like, we went out to places such as, like, uh, Dakzan. And that's actually, like, this Thai place that I actually brought her to during the, like, pandemic. So, I, we actually didn't go inside and eat. So, we used to do this thing where we used to order food out and then stop somewhere. And I remember we stopped at Assembly Row, which is one of my favorite places that it's, like, it has, like, just this really nice scenery. And we stopped to eat and after picking up the ducks on food because she asked me if I like Thai food and I knew a place that I went to and when we stopped to eat I told her the story about like the place that Thai food of how I even heard of it and how I went there in the first place so the story goes that I went there with my brother Aang and my best friend Dan uh, that you guys do know from the stories of uh, in the great podcast those two guys when we went there we all ordered food I ordered this noodle dish uh, along with some beef that came with a soup and whatnot. And I ordered like this rice plate that like came basically the same thing as mine. And then Dan ordered, I, actually, I honestly don't remember, but like it's on our Instagram if you ever want to go see it in our Facebook. So the waiter came and he dropped off all of our food and he, he put the plate down and we all passed each other our, our plates and whatnot. And we started to eat. And Ang's over there just moaning and orgasming to the food that he had. And he's like, oh, this is so good. And I'm like, slowly, my mind's decently okay. And uh, I was like looking around. I was like, where the fuck's my soup? This thing's supposed to come with a soup. And as I'm eating and just digging down, I notice like, oh, shit, this thing has rice. I could have sworn I ordered a noodle dish because I always love noodles and I always get things with noodles in it. So I turned to look at Aang and he's eating and he's like, damn, this is amazing. This soup tastes good too. And then I saw noodles inside of his bowl. So I said to Aang, I was like, you know why that is really good, Aang? And he goes, no, why? And I was like, because you're eating mines. And he goes, oh shit, for real? I was like, yeah, because yours, number one, doesn't come with a soup. But number two should have been obvious, which was yours doesn't come with noodles. You ordered something with rice in it which is the one in front of me right now. And he goes, oh, shit. So he's, we swapped dishes. As he was eating his, he stops to turn and look at mine and goes, mm, yeah, yours is better. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, thanks. You ate like fucking basically over half of my fucking plate already. I didn't even touch his. I was just moving the meat around and trying to find like the noodles. <laughs> so I told her that story. She, I remember her telling me to order the same thing because of the fact that like that happened to me before. So we did order the same thing. Now, the food isn't that great when it's takeout. Food's never that great when it's takeout. That's one of the things we learned on our dates. And that, but that's just some of the conversations and stories that we had, you know, along with like other conversations that we had as well. I mean, we went on other dates as well, like. We would go all the way from Boston. I would drive from Lowell to Boston to pick her up and then drive all the way up to New Hampshire to buy pods because what was going on at that time is that they were banning flavored nicotine products and we would have to go all the way to New Hampshire just to get it. She used to come with me all the time to go get it. And one time we went up and we were coming down and we stopped at Lowell. Now, when we stopped in Lowell, 
it was actually one of the most touching time on a date for me at least i don't know about for her but i do remember see lowell's my hometown almost every corner and every single place around there has a memory for me i remember driving around lowell with her and just stopping at all these sceneries now she doesn't mind long car rides she actually loved long car rides and we were in my civic and the reason why we were finally in my civic or well we, we took the civic more often was because of the fact that she smokes so she actually never mind the cigarette smell, which was no point of taking Ang's Infinity in the beginning. <laughs> so anyhow, everywhere I went in Lowell, I was just telling her the story of like my childhood here and and the school that I went to. And then and, and I, I even showed her all the places that we drove around and I showed her how big, you know, Lowell High really was. And I showed her how big UMass really is and every single campus of UMass and the river. And the river itself was, to me, was like the most memorable thing in Lowell. Because every time I look at the river, it floods memories inside of my head. And it's just kind of a place where I go and just kind of think to myself and just kind of reminisce and all that stuff. And I would tell her that, like, this is the city that you would hear so much bad and negative things about but obviously not her because she wasn't born here in america and in lowell for all that matters but anyone who was born in like the massachusetts area at the time i told her that this city had a bad reputations of drugs and gangsters and dangerous place to live and whatnot and of course it all cleaned up now but despite all the bad things of this city and all the things that people have heard and rumors about it. It is bad, but I would never change it for the world. I would never sacrifice what I went through or, or swap it out with a different memory for the world. Like, I am very happy that this was the city that I grew up in and it made me who I am today and made me grow up better and more mature. And I remember driving her home. And we were just talking and like that car ride around the city, it was memorable for me. Along with dates was when the time everything was going to come to an end. You see, spending so much time and, and weeks upon weeks to months upon months of just talking and getting to know each other and, and, you know, building our friendship and helping her get over her ex and all that stuff. And me developing feelings and pushing my feelings aside because I just wanted her to basically just be happy and whatnot. You know, anything to make her happy. As a matter of fact, I remember calling her FaceTime for the first time. I thought it would be a very memorable thing, but it turns out that like the first time we ever FaceTime with each other, or maybe it was the only time we ever FaceTime with each other. And I did it because I actually wanted to see her. She ended up crying during the conversation. So it wasn't, it was like not a good memorable part, but actually she was actually happy that like it was me that she was talking to. And it was about her mom and how much like she was just frustrated at like America in general and how she just wanted to just move back home because she was so worried about her parents and stuff like that and how she hated it here in America. That made me kind of like 
a wake up call, I guess you can kind of say where I kind of want to cherish the amount of time I had with her left because I felt as if I only had about maybe a year at best with her. So maybe I wouldn't have a chance of being with her. So I always push my feelings aside. But I wanted to just cherish every single moment of it. And I only cared about her being happy, at least while she's still here in America. You know, I wish that like all the dates turned out well and my feelings did really just stayed away. But the more I spent with her, the more my feelings developed and grew even bigger. And just that's the natural feeling of when you are in love with someone, I guess you can kind of say. Because all out of all those dates, one date in my mind took a turn for the worse. And it was a date that I was deciding whether or not I, I should continue what we're doing or should I just stop? You see, it's really hard for me to kind of explain. I've dated someone for so long, probably before her, and, and gave so much time to them. I don't so much so regret the time I gave, but it just kind of like gave me a self-realization that time was time itself was just so valuable. And I wanted to enjoy the time that I had left every day and was like a gift, especially because of two reasons during that whole entire pandemic. One of the reason being that my sister had cancer at a really young age. You know, she if she were to pass away in that moment or just roughly around that time, she would really have a lot of regrets of all the things that she wished she could have done when she was still at good health. The second part of it is COVID. Because the nature of COVID, it was such a mysterious disease at the time that we don't even know we can catch it and just die the next day. So I wanted to value the time that I had left and wanted to make sure that like this was going to actually go somewhere, at least with the, the one year that I had left with her. So I planned it all on one day. And I still remember that one day really clearly. And what that one day was, it was the day that I bought his Hunter Prelude. And we were running around trying to look at this car because I asked me for help to just go look at this car because he's been trying to find this car. So I said to him, we'll just go and look. Long story short about that one, we were supposed to only go look. But this motherfucker, <laughs> he, he made us so late because he wanted to buy the car right there and then that I said to him, sure. The hardest part about all that is, is that I planted this date down to every single detail as I possibly can. And you know me, I'm not so romantic and not good at like doing all that stuff. So of course it would be difficult for me. So I won't really tell you what I had in mind. I'm just going to tell you how the date went. It first started off by me being late because of Ang's prelude. And I picked her up. We went to go Taiyaki ice cream first at Seaport. And we got the Taiyaki ice cream. We took pictures together. You know, that that was that kick-started the date. The next part of the date was that we, we were supposed to go to the beach and actually, like, I brought like beach towel and I brought wine and I brought like cut up fruits and whatnot. And I brought Lunchables with me as a snack to eat and like just these sandwiches. And I also brought some Vietnamese snacks that I know that she would probably like as well. That had to be canceled because of the fact that it was really cold out. 
<laughs> so that's why we didn't go to the beach. So instead, we kind of just drove around Sterile Drive, Memorial Drive, and, and we actually started to head towards Revere Beach anyways, and then realized that it was just too cold out. And we, she wanted to just keep driving and keep talking, which we did. Now, we drove and talked so much um, and some really, really great stories. Like I told her the story about the Lunchables and why I bought it. Now, how that story goes, when I was a kid, I remember my mom always packing like weird ghetto ass shit in containers and then they're not even like lunchbox containers. They're like Tupperware from like, you know, from like maybe a butter or like Cool Whip or like even that ice cream one that I can't even remember the name of it. But, you know, just just those weird containers and and reusable Chinese containers and then stuff like that. And I used to bring that as lunch when I was a kid and I remember like these kids they had like these lunchables and they used to come with like these big ass like Capri Sun pouches or well they were big to us because we were kids and a candy on top of the the mini sandwiches that you can make with the crackers and ham and all that and cheese and I remember eating it and I was like wow this is so good like like man I, I need to get some more of this stuff and when we went grocery shopping I put like so many inside of my mom's cart and when she, when I put inside it inside of the cart my mom got mad and she just looked at me and goes the fuck is this and then I said the lunchables mom it's really good all the kids are buying it and I could take this instead to lunch and she just looks at me and goes what the fuck is wrong with the food I cook for you and I didn't have the heart to tell her that like you know, it, it was very ghetto and I was sick and tired of eating eggs, sausage and rice every single day. <laughs> and uh, so I just told her, like, there's nothing wrong with your food, mom. This is just really good. It comes with like all the stuff inside of it already. So I didn't notice, but she told me that like, you know, to put it away. And I found out when I got older, the real reason of why she didn't want to buy it for me. It was because each and every box was really expensive. And for my mom to have to pay for that every single day, for me to have lunch for school, it was going to cost a lot of money when I already had free lunch. So so I told her that story and I looked at it and I said, I made a promise to myself that when I got older, I'm going to buy all the fucking Lunchables I ever wanted. And when I was out shopping for a picnic, I saw that. And it reminded me of it. And I wanted to share with you the story. <laughs> On the same day, she shared me her story about her parents. Now, this is actually very fucking cool. <laughs> so I honestly, this is I think this is one of my favorite stories she had ever told me. She told me the story of how her parents met and how that story goes was basically her mother uh, and her uncle was trying to escape Vietnam for some reason. They got caught. When they got caught, they got thrown into jail. Now, her grandmother knew a guy that knew the police officers that can talk to them to get her son and her daughter out of jail, which is, you know, her uncle and her mom. So that guy, he went to go to the police station and explain to the cops everything and then talk to the cops and the cops actually let her mother and her uncle out of jail. Now with her mother and her uncle out of jail, her grandmother said to her that, oh, we should go thank him. So she made him like this, some food and whatnot. And, 
and got her all ready and told her mother to come with her because you know it's it's just being polite and respectful and being thankful for like the fact that you just got them out of jail so she gets up to this guy's doorstep and with her grandmother and her mother and well she's she's not there obviously because you know this is before this is how their parents met so her grandmother gets there and she knocks on the door he opens the door when he opened the door he sees the grandmother and her mother there the grandmother started to thank her and whatnot and the guy basically said that like oh it's no worries like it's it's no problem and stuff like that and he, and he reaches out to go grab the food from um, Bella's mother's hand he looks at Bella's mother Bella's mother turns to look at him and he smiles a bit and then he winks at her and then Bella's mom immediately just stared straight back down onto the ground and I was just imagining that whole scene inside of my head like her mother was probably like what the fuck? <laughs> like, dude, I just came here to thank you. What the hell was that? Oh, that was creepy. And, and uh, you know, the grandmother and Bella's mother left after that. So he calls her and uh, basically just like asked if uh, if they if he can go on a date with her and whatnot. And Bella's mother didn't really want to, but you know, she's like kind of had to because of the fact that he did got her out of jail so she's like oh i guess why not so me and her we will me and bella's just laughing in the car because i was just joking about like oh my gosh your mom must have been creeped out and then bella looks at me and bella goes yeah so that's basically how my parents met and then i was born wait what like what? <laughs> like wait hold on <laughs> like I think you just skipped like so many parts of the story but what do you mean you were born like this, uh, that's not how babies are made <laughs> but like <laughs> so that's basically how her dad and her mom met and I thought it was like just just a funny story that she shared with me it was sweet and romantic on that date our conversation like it just always had like long weird topics and we always hopped around everywhere you know like especially like on the date i would ask her things that like so um is my love potion that i've been poisoning you with is is that been working and she goes i told you i have the antidote (laughs) you know just just shit like that (laughs) you know but this date by the time we got to revere beach and we started talking that's when things took a turn for the worse so i started to talk to her about how i felt And she started to talk to me about, like, she's been debating about it as well. Because she knew what it was like to wait for someone who will never come or doesn't want anyone to wait for them. And she knew that I liked it her, but she didn't want me to, like, kind of suffer through it. And and I get that. But at the same time, I never really said how I truly felt. So... I told her, before I go any further, I want you to know that I like you a lot. So before you interrupt me, just let me finish everything of um, what I want to say. And I don't remember word for word of what I said to her that day. I just remember the most difficult part about that is, was that I was trying to drive keep my emotions, keep my head straight, try to find the right words 
while trying to drive and bring her home because that's when like you know our date was basically almost at an end i was telling her about like i i wasn't trying to replace your ex-boyfriend or anything like that or like i i understand that you're trying to get over him and it's been a few months now and i understand that you're just not ready and other stuff but i told her that like that the thing that bothers me and what i really want to know is i've been doing so much as i possibly can and i just want to really know because i can't really tell have i like did a dent to your heart at all like do, do you like me even just the slightest or anything and i remembered her looking at me and she didn't answer the question directly but instead she said to me that her ex-boyfriend took up so much of her heart that she just doesn't have room for anyone else i was just kind of taken back by it because like it's been months and we've been talking for so long and to the best of my capability especially being handicapped because of covid and what i could do and cannot do I tried my best to win this girl over using everything I possibly can just to at least try to move her a bit or develop some feelings and she told me that instead and I said to her then I think I think it's best that we stop seeing each other I remember her legs shaking like crazy I remember her phone in the palm of her hands and I re- it almost looked like she was so uncomfortable and like she was about to cry and like she really wanted to get out of the car or something I explained to her about like how I, I didn't want to waste much time anymore and that I was trying my best because I didn't have much time with her left and how much I value time and that I, I really couldn't like I had so much in my mind and I I just couldn't pass the emotion, my feelings to her at that time. But what ended up happening from that was she got out of the car and we said our goodbyes because it was just best that we stopped seeing each other. Now, our story doesn't end there. We actually did communicate it with each other again. I remember it took... Me still having her on Instagram and a picture she uploaded and it was a bruise in the shape of a heart on her arm and she hurt herself somehow and I got worried so I messaged her. She told me she was fine and whatnot. I told her that I missed her and our conversation was kind of short. We kept everything kind of light. She didn't quite say that she missed me back, but, you know, but it kind of like opened the gate back to us kind of talking to each other. But we actually, it was just that one day, really. And I asked her simple questions like, how was school and whatnot? And in that one day, I asked her to just see her again, even though it's been months since I have saw her. And she said, sure. But the problem was is that she was always busy. So she didn't know when she was going to be free again to see me. 
So we didn't speak for a few weeks after that um, heart bruising shape on her arm. It wasn't until July of 2020 where I got really drunk. I texted her that I missed her and she found it that it was so cute that I texted her. She, uh, she agreed to like having some time because of school to actually go out and eat with me. And we went to purple shell and I remember going to purple shell together and we were trying it and we ordered oysters because she loves oysters and she loves raw food. And so did I. And we liked a lot of things actually that was very similar, like such as spicy food. And during that whole entire time of not seeing each other for so long, you know, everything felt like kind of normal. Um, even though we did have that long, awkward conversation at the very last time, we still kind of felt as if like everything was still okay. During that Purple Shell event, she actually ordered this popcorn chicken. Although that oyster, by the way, that we ordered, we thought it was going to be a lot. Everything came to us looking hella fucking fancy, but they only gave us like three oysters, which was kind of weird. The beef tataki, pretty good though. The popcorn chicken that she ordered was also really good. The thing about that popcorn chicken is that while we were eating, she was trying and eating it herself and she coughed a little bit from it. And so she asked me to try it. So while I was talking and drinking, I was eating the popcorn chicken too with her. And I, <laughs> and this is when she's evil again, I swear. So while we were talking, eating uh, the popcorn chicken, there was like this ball inside of my mouth that cracked. And when it cracked, it oozed out this, this liquid. It was so disgusting, like, like roasted onions or like, I don't know how to explain it really, but I just started choking like a motherfucker and Bella looks at me and she was laughing her ass off because what she was doing the whole fucking time was the reason why she coughed a little bit was because she also ate that ball and coughed a little bit from it. And she knew it was from that ball. And that's the reason why she wanted to make me eat the fucking popcorn chicken because she wanted me to go through the same torture that she just went through. And so I was choking like crazy from it. And then I like needed water. But the problem was the only thing that I had to drink was the damn beer. So I downed the beer as much as I could. And... I was laughing and after I was choking and then I started laughing after because in the middle of like when I did started choking, I remember just saying blah, 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 blah. And then then, (laughs) after and she, me and I were just laughing that that girl is evil, but I swear to God, oh man, if she wasn't so cute, um, that's how that date went. She told me about school and whatnot, and we went back and had a regular conversation. I dropped her off, just a normal day uh, that we usually have. But the sad truth about that is, about that date, was that's actually the last time we ever saw each other. We actually didn't communicate much. She was always busy with school, and I was always busy in general. The next time we spoke to each other was around April Fool's. 
During April Fools, I got really, really drunk, and I had so much mixed emotions going on inside of my heart that I decided to text her. At first, starting it off as a prank about how much I missed her and a bunch of other things. At first, she was wondering why did I say it. I remember that. And then I joked with her. I was like, because it's April Fool's. Ha, ha, ha. And then she's like, that's... And then she's like, oh, that's so mean. Everyone's been pranking me with April Fool's lately. And then I told her that, like, actually, I really did meant everything that I said. I told her I missed her. I told her about this amazing girl that she was to me. How she was everything I was looking for. I really missed all the time that we spent with each other on COVID, just a bunch of other things. And the thing about it all is, even though it was April Fool's, she she told me it was really sweet. I asked her on that same conversation on April Fool's, the one thing that bothered me the most, I'm talking months of like, just going through such a hard time and when I mean hard time, I mean like I used to lie to everyone that, to just basically find any reason to drink, any reason to go out, anything I can kind of drink as much as possible until I was numb and couldn't feel anything or drink too much that I would fall asleep um, no matter where it is that I fall asleep because when I was alone and when it was quiet or I would go home, the moment I lay down and stare back up in the ceiling, I just couldn't get over her. I couldn't get over how much I've tried to win over. I couldn't get over not knowing how she felt. I couldn't get over a lot of things. I, I just felt at that time that I couldn't believe that I wasn't enough. I couldn't believe all the time and effort I invested into someone that it, it didn't even move her, not even the slightest. And I always prided myself to be this very strong, very confident, very smooth, very manipulative, I guess you can kind of say, and always knew how to basically get into someone's heart if I pleased. And with her being like, I guess you can kind of say the one that I favored the most, I I couldn't win her over. Like, it's not so much so that I wanted to be with her. It's just, I just wanted her to at least feel something towards me, but she didn't. And more like she didn't answer it. And she was going through that still trying to get over that ex that, you know, that I was telling you guys about. And I told her all those months after not seeing her, because we were in May, probably before the very last time I saw her um, was like in April again. So it was been almost five or six months of just not talking to her. And for those five or six months, they're in April Fool's. All I could think about was, like, I just wasn't enough. So during this conversation on April Fool's, 
I asked her, can she at least be honest with me? Even to, like, even if it'll hurt my feelings or anything like that of the sort. I just want to hear the honest truth. And that's all I wanted. And I asked her, did you ever have feelings for me? And she told me she did. Now I was so happy, so relieved, so shocked because that's like all I ever wanted to hear. And then a lot of things did make sense to me because I never knew the answer. And that's what did bother me. Like she wasn't uncomfortable in the car. In the car, the reason why her legs were shaking was because she was nervous because she wanted to tell me what she felt, but she couldn't because she was holding herself back. And that's the reason why she actually just went back inside the house and she was always nervous to tell me. But through text messages on April Fool's, she finally told me the truth. There was more to it than that. As much as, as happy as I was to hear that she actually did liked it me back too and that I did moved her. She told me that she was trying to find a good time to tell me. And at first when she said that, I thought she was talking about the fact that she liked me too. But then she said, I'm actually seeing someone now. But I just didn't know when to tell you. Then my heart kind of just dropped. <laughs> and then, you know, I mean, it's it's so hard to explain that feeling inside of your heart hitting the bottom of your stomach. But I guess that's the best way that I can explain it. I remember her saying to me that she remembered my rules and she remembers my discipline of how strict I am with it. That my honesty means everything to me. My loyalty means everything to me. And that she knows that I would leave if she liked or chose someone else and that I'm going to be gone. She just couldn't find it in herself to tell me. And then I asked her, well, do you want me gone out of your life? And she told me no. She didn't want me gone. That was why she couldn't find a good time to tell me. So I said to her, I don't want you gone either. As long as you be respectful, keep our boundaries and whatnot, then you can stay. She agreed to it. And that's basically the ending to the story, really. So if you think this story was going to have a happy ending, well, you're wrong. <laughs> you see, that's how life is. And that's what I've always been trying to teach people, is that sometimes you don't win the girl at the end. Sometimes you'll make mistakes, such as me, not seeing the obvious signs that she did develop feelings for me and walked away 
when I should have just stick with her because I didn't know I was actually the one that was winning. But in all honesty, I'm not upset at the fact that she's with someone else because I had already told her and I really feel this way about a lot of people I care about is that I always want what's best for people. I always want people happy. That even means that even if I'm not the guy at the end, I even feel that way towards my exes, to be honest with you. I don't hate any of them. I always wish the best for them, even if I'm not the guy that they're with at the end. In all honesty, I cherish every single moment that I was with her. And all those stories, and there was plenty of more stories. And even though that drunk April Fool confession night, (laughs) that... It took a turn for the worse, and it was just this emotional roller coaster of a ride with her being in my life, ups and downs. I will say that, like, you know, for some bizarre reason, yeah, I really do become someone else when I drink. Because when I'm sober, I'm this natural jerk type of, like, unromantic, like, person when I'm sober, I guess you can kind of say, and cold and whatnot. But when, when I'm drunk, I'm like this sweet, romantic guy and and stuff like that. And I become the complete opposite of what I am. <laughs> and that's the only time, for some bizarre reason, <laughs> that I would find enough courage to text her. Um, even though this text took a turn for the worse. I mean, I mean it's, sometimes I would wake up looking at like my text messages and goes, damn, what the fuck did I just text? <laughs> At one time, she caught me noticing that I I fucked up so bad that she she replied back to me. He's like, "Oh, is that why it took you till two a.m. the next day to reply?" And I was like, uh, "Yeah, you caught me." <laughs> but that's the story of uh, Bella, my COVID crush. There's more to it, but that's just something I just wanted to share with everyone. So despite the pandemic being as shitty as it is in 2019 and 2020 and that whole debacle that happened, she was my light in all that darkness. And I am actually very happy about ever meeting her and all those times that I spent with her and giving her all that effort. I'm really, really happy that it was her and that the person I fell for was her because words can't explain how amazing this girl really is and how like so unique she is to me that she won me over so I hope you all enjoy that story and remember listeners to In The Grey Podcast to always stay grey a condition of the head There's no prescription to forget So you're all over my brain Ooh.